Are you ready to be entrefied? Let's break free of the life we are told to live. Create freedom and wealth by adding value to others' lives. Challenge traditions, challenge authority, and get entrefied. Hey guys, this is Jeff on today's podcast. I'd like to talk about a few things. I'm hoping this will be a quick podcast for you guys. So it's, I'm trying to add a lot of massive value right fast because I want these to be jam-packed, but I don't want you to have to sit and listen to a lot of fluff. I don't like fluff a lot of times, so I want to get to the point. So here's the point. Some of the things I'd like to talk about is the difference between saving and investing. Now, these are just my opinions, not necessarily factual, but I think in, in my life, it applies to my life. It might not apply to yours. I think it's important to invest. You know, a lot of people say, oh, you can just save your way into wealth. I, I just don't get, get there from where I'm at. I think it's important that your partner balances you out. If you're lopsided in one area, I enjoy investing, so I'm looking for opportunities, you know, and... Uh, you may use collateral, you may use cash, you know, there's different things that you may use, but if your partner kind of balances you out, you have a kind of a balanced outlook on things because even if you're seeing it right, your partner probably won't think the same way. They think, well, wait a minute, we need to have savings here. We need to invest here, you know, depending on how that their slant is on it. But I would like to encourage you to look for things that can make you profit rather than just saving money all the time. I mean, I'm not saying you don't need to save. I think it's important to save. But if that's all you've really got and you don't have anything making you money, it's hard to ever come out of the hole. It really is. There's always something to throw some more money at. And I'd like to talk about my opinion on some things. And, you know, when people talk about vehicles and things like that, you know, I mean, from getting to point A to point B. And I believe, you know, there's different outlooks on this because there's different strategies. There's different comfort levels. And I'm talking all the way around certain things because there is different strategies. So if you apply different strategies, maybe this information doesn't apply to you. But I'm talking about it from the standpoint of slow and easy and just kind of a steady strategy where you have money that you you pay, you build up money, and then you pay so much down where it's making you money. Let's give you an example on this where you can get an understanding of this. And you may know more than I do about this subject. But let's take a minute and just talk about some things. One thing is, is let's say you buy a house. And it depends on where you're at as to how much that is. It could be a foreclosure. It could need a lot of work. Are you in a position to give that work yourself, or can you hire somebody to do that? A lot of people say, you can never afford to do that and hire somebody. That's not true. Sometimes it's not true. I have done it too many times, and I mean, I've caught a lot of flack from it. Why don't you do this? Why don't you do this? It's because I had other things going on. I would just rather pay somebody a decent wage then for me to make the repair myself, I'd spend all of my time doing repairs rather than thinking about other things that I want to be doing. So you have to know where your leverage point is. I've mentioned this before, but you need to know what you can do and what you plan on getting other people to do. And you need to line it up. You know, if you if you bought a house, all right, so what do you plan on doing with it? Are you planning on renting? Are you planning on putting some paint on it, putting some carpet in, covering some floors up and rolling on and trying to sell it? Or are you trying to 
Are you trying to rent it? And if you're renting it, what do you need to repair about it? So before I go in and buy a house, because most of my buy so, such needs so much work that I need to calculate to make sure that I'm on the right page with what it's actually worth. You know, and a lot of people, when they want a new price for something that's been there for 40 years, you know, and it's just, unless you want to buy junk and put somebody in junk, you know, which I think some, well, I won't just, spe- I won't speculate on that. I'll just say that it's not what I generally like to do. And so I generally like to fix things up. Yes, it costs money. Yes, it costs money more right now than just renting it the way it is. So why do it? Well, one of the reasons is, is I look at it from the standpoint is if I ever want to get out of it, it's probably going to be worth more than my time and what I've put in it. So I can just say, hey, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. And it may be worth more than what I've got in it. So I'm kind of, that's kind of a plan B situation. I hope you guys can get that. Yeah, you have to come up with some capital. Yeah, you have to use some leverage or cash or some sort of form of payment to pay for this. these upgrades. They're not upgrades necessarily, but repairs. Upgrades sometimes maybe. But you need to have a way out. So if, I, if you just want out, you need to be able to get out. And so a lot of people look at it as, well, I'm not putting that much into it. I ain't got much even if I lose it. And then there's the, the outlook of I can put more into it, make sure that I'm not putting too much in it. I'm getting a lot of value for what I put in it so that when I can get more out of it than when, if I need to get out. And that's kind of my outlook on things. Unfortunately, in the market that you're in, a lot of times they're wanting to try to be on the retail cutting edge, which means, you know, sometimes the floors may be bucky. And, you know, the ceiling fans has been up for 15 to 20 years. And, you know, it's everything just looks kind of dated. And then they want to charge a new price for it. You have to walk on a lot of these things. You know, you just have to walk on them. But what I want to encourage you to do is take a look. Take a look at what you can offer and if you can afford it. In other words, when I walk through these, through these houses, I'm thinking, I'm seeing the different problems. And, you know, I would like to say that I'm close. I build myself enough cushion. In other words, if I know that I can, let's just say um, I had $15,000. Well, if I know the, I think the cost is going to cost $10,000, okay, then I got a $5,000 cushion. Because there's going to be things that you don't foresee coming. It's just going to happen. Prices are going to double on you, and it's happened to me. You know, where you're thinking, well, the prices on this one was, you know, this, and you do another one, oh, wait, wait a minute, the prices has doubled now. You know? So it's one of those things you have to have a little cushion. But if you factor in that cushion in the front, and you factor that as just an expense, like it's already gone, so if you come up with $10,000 and you say, well, now it's going to cost me about fifteen, okay, just realistically, because there's something I'm not seeing. You know, that's 50% more, right? Something like that. So you, you just look at it as that's an expense. I expect to, you know, expend that much. And so if you don't, which you will more than likely, you know, it'll just be a happy surprise. But if you spend what you think you're going to spend plus what the extra that you're not counting for, in that value range, and you're pretty much close to that, then you knew it was coming. 
You know, it's just the way it is. So, guys, I hope you've got something from that. But moving on, you want to keep your eyes open for opportunity. You want to talk with people about, you know, what they're doing. You know, just be excited for other people. And rather get than get envious at people that are ahead of you, just look at it from the standpoint of, hey, they're further along. They've discovered that. They've had some help along the way. But you're looking at it from things you can learn, you know, so don't be scared to compliment people. Don't be scared to say, man, you really got that figured out. How can you do this and how did you do that? You know, I've had conversations with people, you know, that I would see. I'd be in the parking lot. I'll give you just one example. I was sitting in a parking lot one time. I think it was a, a bank. And I seen this guy walking across the uh, uh, from from a restaurant and uh, or actually it's a fast food. And I said, hey, man, what's going on? And he come up to me, you know, and which we're both landlords and uh, he's been in it for a long time. And uh, he sat down in a truck with me and we'd spent a lot of time just talking. I was just picking his brain, you know, and I told him, I said, man, I'm just picking your brain, you know. And I said, I just appreciate you talking with me. And I did, you know, it's a great guy. But you know how many people that I have talked to like that? There is no telling how many people that I have talked to. I, I have forgot probably some. You know, because I and some of them, they won't talk to you. You know, that's okay. But I try to make opportunity to speak to them. Say, hey, what's going on? I'm not trying to cheat you. I'm just trying to uh, trying to learn more information. And some people are willing to do that and some people are not. Uh, I can think of one time I talked with somebody and it's just, you know, they was didn't seem like they was very open at all. But... Here's something that you get, something that happens when people know you're in the business. All of a sudden, people start talking to you about things, and you're like, "Okay, uh, how did you know that?" Well, I, you're oh, this person told me about you, and the word gets out. You know, so if you treat people, it's the same thing. If you treat people good, you're going to see that other people they're going to recognize that. But I hope I've gave you some things that you can think about. But look for those opportunities and study up. I mentioned that before. But study up on the areas that you're interested in. Find a mentor. Oh, my. That's really, really, you know, something that you need to do. You need to find somebody that's already done it, that's already been there. And here's the thing. You're going to have some learned experiences. So if you're comfortable, a lot of people will say something like this. If you're if you looked at the worst case scenario and you can live with it, then it's probably a pretty good investment. So you can look at it maybe from that angle. But what it boils down to is after you study, you have to go out and do something. You have to go out and do something. That's the difference between theory and application. When you get out there and you start seeing it's, hey, it's not exactly what the book said, you know. The book is just a prerequisite sometimes for certain people. And I've said I've heard it said like this that I didn't need the book. It was something that was natural. And I but for those people that need it, go get it. You know, and that's the thing with life. I think you need specialized knowledge. So I'm not against going and getting an education in certain areas. I think it's very smart. But, you know, you have to, it's not just one-sided. Okay, you go do this and this, oh, you're just going to, everything's just going to fall in your lap. It don't work like that. Sometimes the path is different. Sometimes you're getting involved in something and then you're going to get an education later. You have to figure out your own path. You know, you have to figure out your own way. And part of that is doing something. So I would encourage you to get action because you're going to learn more through experience than you ever learned through a book. 
Now, I'm not telling you not to get the book. But what I am trying to tell you is your education starts after the book because experiential knowledge is, um, well, it's, it's a lot more education than sometimes a theory is. A theory is good, and it will allow you sometimes to avoid some of the pitfalls that you may run into in experiential knowledge. But if you have both, if you know what's good for you and you have both, then that'll take you further than you could have got probably on experiential knowledge alone. So consider that before you look at books and say, hey, oh, I don't need that, okay, for where I'm going. When you have experience and the book, you'll go further than most people that just have the experience. But in the short run, you may find that experiential knowledge may take you may pe- may take people with the book years to get to where other people are going. And I know some people say, well, it cuts down on your learning curve, and it does to a certain degree. But I have found that there's a point that you reach when you have so much experience, then you need the book to take you to that next level. So if you'll learn a little bit as you go along, I think that's super important, you know. Uh, I remember being, and I wanted to tell you this story here too, because it's it's so relevant, I think, to what I'm talking about. I was actually working in a maintenance shop at the time uh, for this plant. It's been years and years ago, and I'd went to school for electronics, and uh, I'd learned these hydraulic symbols and different things like that, just a lot of the theory. And uh, it wasn't, I don't even think it's a whole lot of theory. It was just a whole lot of symbols and different things like that. And it was just, I'm telling you, just basic, basic, you know, symbols of stuff. And I learned, I don't know how many, I think it was 120 of those, if I remember right. And I uh, went into this company, and I they gave this test to the people that was out on the floor. You know, and I was one of them. And I was working in maintenance, and we was, we was uh, working on all of it. So it was electrical and mechanical. And I remember when I got the job, I talked to the guy, and I said, you know, uh, I'd like to have this job, you know, which I didn't know what I wanted. I was young. I didn't have a clue what I wanted. You know, I still, like I was telling you, I'm, I was getting some experience in trying something, you know, because my dad for years was in maintenance. I thought, well, maybe that's the path that I need to go. You know, I don't see any other way. So that experiential knowledge, let me tell you, is about to get some. So <laughs> anyway, I started this. I, actually, I talked to the guy and he said, what do you know? How, what all do you know? And I said, well, I said, practically nothing. I said, I know what the book says. And I said, uh, you know, but I don't know how to do anything for the most part. I don't have no experience. I said, but I said, if you'll give me a month, I'll pretty much be able to do anything you want me to do. And I've always been, if I wanted to accomplish it, you know, most of the time I could figure it out. It didn't matter what it was. It really it boiled down to how bad did I want it? And I think that's very important. Uh, And so anyway, the guy looked at me because he just kind of laughed and smiled at me. And I didn't really know at the time what I was getting into, but they they brought out these big old three-ring binders of information. You know, I mean, it was just three-phase stuff and all kinds of stuff. And uh, anyway, I digress. So I I went into this thinking, you know, I didn't know anything and I didn't. But uh, the point is, when they had a test, you know, when I first started, that was about hydraulic symbols, and I passed the test, and you were supposed to fail the test. That was the point. They wanted to see where you was at. 
And I knew the hydraulic symbols, you know, so I passed it. Well, then it was in the 80s, I think. And um, that helped me be able to say, hey, I know that. And that, I'm sure people looked at that and said, oh, he passed that test, you know. The first time, you're supposed to fail it. So it gave you some credibility, even though you didn't know a lot of experiential things, uh, what I call experiential knowledge. You didn't know how to put it together, but you knew a little bit about it. So it has some value. Well, anyway, as the stories, the plot thickens, so to speak, I run into a guy that was really smart, and uh, he'd been, you know, a farmhand and things like that, and he'd been working in maintenance, I don't know for how long, and it just dawned on me because I try to look at things the way they are rather than just how you're told to look at things. And I noticed that it was probably going to be years before I got to where he was at, even though I had the book knowledge. And so I followed behind him. And, um, you know, it's one of those things just recognizing where you're at. But it dawned on me that probably after everything was said and done, if I had book knowledge in a certain area, I may be able to go further eventually because I had that. But uh, the, the, the point of the story is, is they don't always equal out right now. But if you start putting the book with experience and you know what actual good information is, because there's a lot of stuff you know, that people will tell you, oh, well, you need this or you need this. This is the knowledge you need, and it's not really pertinent to what you need. It's just part of the process. you got to go and get it done and move on because people, well, let's just be honest, they really don't know what you need. And as, you know, my wife has told me before, you don't know what you're going to need. You know, you never know the knowledge you're going to need in this life. So if you learn it, you may know it for some time that you need to know it. So, guys, I hope you've got something from this. I was expecting this to be a really short podcast, and it's turned out to be a really long podcast. So I apologize for that if it's not not just super great value, but that's what I try to give you guys. I try to give you things that will just absolutely great value. But if you get anything from this, let me recap some things. Just out of the gate, let me just tell you this. You know, look at the opportunities that you have and weigh what you're going to have to do to get into a business, how much it costs, uh, all these different things, how much sacrifice you're going to have to give. And I'm talking about time away from your family. I'm talking about time that you spend doing something you don't want to do. You know, are you passionate about it? Is the juice worth the squeeze? In other words, what I'm getting at is, is it going to be worth it getting involved with this? Because I'll be honest with you, I think I have some things right now that I could do that would make me even more. You know, I see it. I seen it somewhere. I seen some things and I was like, oh, I could get into that business. I could get into that right now. I don't want it because I know what I want and it's not that. Now, would it generate more? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it would. It, it may be a lot more, but I factored in what I want for my life. And that's important. You need to factor in what you want. What is important to you? Where are you going? What's right for you? It's not what Bill Gates wants. It's not what Warren Buffett wants. It's not what a lot of people want. It's what you want. You're going to have to be the one living with the decision in your life. It's good to glean information from somebody, but in the end, a whole lot of this is action. You've got to learn to take action. You know, this mindset, it's great to have that. Combine that with action. These principles and habits and tips and tricks, combine it 
with what you're actually doing. But I want to encourage you to get started. Take action to a small degree and look at it like this. What can I afford to lose? I know that sounds bad. It sounds really bad because a lot of people say, I can't afford to lose nothing. Well, sometimes you can't afford not to because if you don't get involved, you're not going to have that opportunity. So I would encourage you to look at the worst case scenario and see if you can you can live with it. If you can live with the worst case scenario, it's probably a good investment if it has an upside at all. Guys, I hope you've got something from this. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.